0: Thanks for tuning in to Power Athlete Radio, featuring The Crew, where a former pro football player and a D3 All-Star use strength and conditioning as an excuse to talk about anything but. Now here's John and Tex.
1: Hey, Mr. McQuilkin, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Power Athlete Radio. Thanks for having me, John. Uh, What are we going to discuss today?
2: Well, we tapped in to our nutrition crew.
1: Oh, so we have another
2: question off we the hotline. a training question.
1: From the hotline. Yes. And you know, text. we have this thing called the hotline, Power That's Athlete right. Hotline, where people leave questions. If you are interested in leaving us a question for training, nutrition, life, uh, fashion sense, whatever it 0 what? 929-464-464-0, 929-ing-ing-0 There's is the number. So we're going to go to our hotline uh, and pull a nutrition training question out. Uh, We have uh, both Rob and Sam um, from Power Athlete Nutrition on to help us send this one home. So let's fire it up. Hey, guys. Are you ready? Ready. ready. All right. This is a text. It's
2: quite a long text. I didn't know texts go this long, but here we go. Hey, Power Athlete. My name is Caleb. I'm a longtime listener and follower of the Power Athlete Program. I've got a nutrition question for you about maintaining mass while doing long endurance work. I'm currently training for my second Ironman triathlon. During my first race, I lost 45 pounds and was skinny as a rail. For context, I'm 6'3 and walk, and like to walk around at 235 pounds, 125
1: pounds of skeletal muscle mass on the in body. Wait a minute. Did you say he was only had 125 pounds of lean body mass and he's 230? Yeah, according to an in body. I don't so know what an body is. So divided by
0: 225. It
1: puts him at like 40%. 40% body fat. Yeah. But. Well, which, well we got other problems more should, so than uh, should, doing a triathlon or whatever. Should we cut this question in half then? Uh, <laughs>
2: can, let's continue. Continue the joke. This go around, I'm shooting for a body weight of 225 pounds on race day with 120 pounds of skeletal muscle mass. My question is, is there a way to maintain these numbers without going extremely high on carbohydrates? I don't love packing on calories with tons of carbs. My training is currently six to nine hours of conditioning, work on the bike, pool, or running. I also sling weight around for about 45 minutes, five days a week. And I'm also very active at work. I average 10K steps a day just at work. Thanks for all y'all do. And keeping the info coming. Bye.
1: Hmm. Is there a lot to well, unpack here, there, John? We, uh, the, the bigger problem we have is he must not understand how to calculate lean body mass and what his body fat is. Because if his body's fat is 40%, which is what he's telling us. Okay. The in body's uh, telling him. Well, the in- I, I would fucking throw that thing in the trash <laughs> and go get some calipers, go find a, a bod pod or find somebody, a DEXA scan, find something to get us an accurate measurement because I'm not even going to talk to you about aerobic training and carbs and everything if you're 40% body fat. I mean, at that point, we got to like at least get you into something that looks like a 20s, a 2s, 18, 16. I mean, the, you don't have enough skeletal muscle to be able to even protect yourself on a, a you know, to go do a triathlon. I mean, you're not going to need a wetsuit because you can be able to float like a motherfucker. But, um, uh, dude, this is (sighs) – all right. I'll hand it to you guys before I get fucking pissed.
0: Well, first of all, I I hope he's reading it wrong, right? Like, I hope he's reading the scan incorrectly because Rob and I actually – we saw this come through and we're like, yeah, wait, how are you running?
1: Well, he's using the in-body, which uh, I would just fucking throw in the trash. Well, there, there are several scales. Get it? of in body we have one where it's a
2: bathroom scale for 350 bucks with the sensors or there's like a 10 grand one
1: with it's pretty big so i don't know which one he's using well um i mean the body caliper uh while it is not always accurate is always good if you can start using it consistently Like, I mean, you know, like the, the calipers are really dependent on the, on the person who's pulling it, but if the same person pulls it in the exact same places, now all of a sudden you can chart those numbers over time. Mm -hmm. Um, The only real accurate way I've seen is obviously, you know, the bod pod has some issues, but really it's a DEXA scan. So I would recommend to go get a DEXA scan because it's really hard to start prescribing calories if somebody's 40% body fat. I mean that's fats extremely oxidative. Then we start talking about metabolic flexibility, and there's a whole bunch of issues when you're 40 percent body fat.
3: Yeah, I think that reading also does. Uh, it separates out extra extracellular water and total body water too, which is possibly why it seems so low. Um, but that was one of the first things that kind of jumped out at me. If he's 225 and 125 or 120. Uh, pounds of skeletal muscle mass. That um, that's that's a lot. That seems like a lot of body fat to carry around. For um, and especially with the amount of work he's doing, um, that that's just seems like an awful lot of body fat. Well,
1: if you're slinging weights five days a week and you're doing nine hours of aerobic work, uh, for you to not be able to build muscle and to be forty percent body fat. There is something inherently wrong within uh, inside the body. I mean, at that point, I would just be like, "Hey, man, I don't know what your four hundred and one k is, but cash that bitch out because we got a lot of fucking testing to do." I mean, (laughs) that would be like a a Vibrant America's panel. I mean, we would do genetic testing. I would look at thyroid. I would look at everything, Mm -hmm. and um, be like, "Hey, man, like if you're doing this amount of training and you're watching, like if you (laughs) if you're doing that amount of training and at least not eating like ten thousand calories of pizza a day." Like there's no way you should be 40% body fat, like sedentary people that sit on their ass, not people that, you know, move 10,000 steps and do nine hours of aerobic work and sling weights five days a week, but don't aren't 40% body fat.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, agreed.
2: Well, let's, we can uh, tackle that as well as specific towards his question. And I mean, how could he maintain? Is do we start with the protein? That's the consistent, right? Yeah. We know based off his body weight, we dial in the protein. Where, what adjustments do we make outside of that? Uh, what's our one? What's our prescription for protein for new listeners? Two, where do we go from there?
1: Well, um, I'll, I'll defer to you guys um, on this one. So, great, okay. Sam.
0: Oh, okay. So for protein, uh, starting at one gram per pound of body weight. Um, some people do one gram per pound of lean body mass. In his case, I wouldn't do that. He needs more protein than 125 grams a day. Um, but that's like a good starting place. Whenever you're building out a diet, that's like the first thing is protein, um, more so important than any of the other macronutrients. So that's, that's a good range. Um, so I don't know, I know Rob and I do the same thing, but probably like that 0.8, to 1.5 percent but starting with that one gram is where i start with most people
3: I i start there and i start with
0: them Mm -hmm.
2: and then what's what's the next step do you ask activity level with your clients or goals first
0: hand in hand
3: (laughs) yeah yeah they're they're Um, hand in hand
0: yeah So he's like a very busy guy, right? He's doing a lot of work, strength training, walking around a ton at work. Um, So his energy balance, he's going to need a lot more calories than, you know, we talk about in other podcasts, like the computer warrior, who's just desk jockeying it up. Um, So his energy balance is high. And it sounds like for the most part, he does want to maintain, he wants to lean a little bit. I use that term lightly. He wants to lose ten pounds. He needs to lean a lot more than just ten pounds. But maintaining that muscle mass will help, and building muscle. Um, so th- that would be his goal. Would, I don't know. <laughs> Go ahead, Rob.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I'm getting I think ahead that, of myself on him. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that is his goal. I think uh, you know one of the things that he's shooting to try to do is because I think that you know, in his, uh, during his first race, he said, he lost 45 pounds and was skinny as a rail, I'm going to jump out there and probably say that he probably lost a, a good amount of muscle mass with that. Um, just because of the volume of work. And if he wasn't properly fueled, then he, his body was, uh, was looking for fuel sources. So it was going to start breaking down muscle. And so, you know, he, he wants to do this without a, a high carb, but I think he's going to need more carbs than he thinks he, he needs. Uh, because I mean, we're going to, we're going to put protein in him because we want him to, uh, you know, that's protective for muscle mass. Uh, but I think you also just given the volume of work, he's going to need a decent amount of carbs too, because carbs are also a little protective of protein, uh, because, or, and muscle breakdown because it, you're providing enough fuel for him to get through that, the, the, the exercise and the volume of work that he's doing, because it, it mostly is gonna use carbs as a source. So he's gonna need a, a decent amount of carbs in there. I don't, I don't think he can go out of it. I don't, I don't think he can go and approach this from some sort of keto approach or, or even very low carbs. I think he's gonna have to have a decent amount of carbs. Yeah. yeah we also it, don't it, know
0: when race day is. So getting him successfully into ketosis and then is he training, you know, in that anabolic window, is he monitoring it? There's just a lot of questions that go along with that. Um, cause it can be done, right. There's, I can't remember where I saw it or who his name is, but there's a cyclist that, you know, he's doing 250 miles on his bike and he maintains ketosis, but he's still eating, like two to three hundred grams of carbohydrate a day,
1: yeah um, uh, I think that was uh wasn't that peter Atia um, or no, it's not peter Atia, but uh, it's it, it's, yeah. it's somebody else and, and, and I know uh, that was a, a really interesting thing for the ketogenic deal mm-hmm. where he was able to stay pretty deep in ketosis eating like two or 300 grams of carbohydrates because the aerobic, uh, uh his, his aerobic volume was so high. So
0: high. Um, right.
1: I'll, I'll tell you, like for a dude who's if he's banging weights five days a week and doing nine hours of aerobic work, which would be roughly, you know, he's probably going like five, four or five days a week for, mm-hmm. you know, two plus hours at a time. I don't think I would even, I mean, I, I would probably set his protein and be like, Hey, okay, here's your protein requirement. Um, and I would get him something like a Garmin watch and be like, Hey man, I need you to monitor your calories and I need you to eat, you know, at at least maintenance, if not plus, uh, and you know, like I would not have you be fearful of carbohydrates. Um, Mm -hmm. carbohydrates are not a boogeyman. Um, they are not evil unless you're type one diabetic and now we have problems, but for most healthy individuals, especially doing this amount of aerobic work, uh, they should have no problem digesting carbohydrates. Unless he's 40% body fat, and if he's 40% Mm -hmm. body fat and fat's extremely oxidative, then he's not going to be able to process carbohydrate. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, I mean, um, people forget this, that I think based upon, uh, and I did, you know, I've referenced a talk I did for the NSCA on metabolic flexibility, but the key factor for metabolic flexibility is lean body mass. The more Mm -hmm. muscle you carry and the lower amount of fat that you are, the more metabolically flexible you are. So whenever you hear like Mark Sisson who was just Andrea Rogan talking about metabolic you know ways to make yourself more metabolically flexible, what he forgets is it doesn't really fucking matter how you get lean it's just more important that you are lean and carry a high amount of muscle so if somebody is forty percent body fat they're obviously not going to be able to process carbohydrate the same way that a person who's five percent body fat is so I mean their their metabolic flexibility will be off just based upon that because one um, Uh, muscles extremely makes you insulin sensitive and fat is extremely oxidative. So you're kind of in a, in, in a double crux. Um, but yeah, I'm really hoping that number is a mess up and he's just got some $10 piece of shit thing that he's using. It's giving him terrible body measurements. What's
2: jumping out to me currently training for my second Ironman triathlon during my first race. I lost 45 pounds. I imagine during the, the time, the prep for that one, Mm -hmm. how long was that prep? Three months. Did you lose that 45 pounds or was it over six months and then you became skinny as a rail and then following that race, what happens in which you put on back on this 45 pounds of unwanted weight versus some productive lean body mass? What was going on there? And I mean, if you're a power athlete follower, why not get on our programs once you're in this stage of skinny as a rail? to find a hypertrophy style. So is this a, a, a call for a lifestyle change in which, oh man, I'm going to set a big goal that's going to force me to lose unwanted body fat? And two, we need more program direction. Once you complete this goal, my friend, let's get you on a lean body mass program and
1: tap one of our nutrition coaches. Well, I mean, I don't know if I would take somebody who was uh, 40% body fat and put them into a triathlon. Like I, like I just don't think that that would be the training I would select for them to try to lean out. I would be like, hey, uh, I want you to lift some weights. We're going to do a little bit of aerobic work. I'd pick like one of his things. And I would try to keep him in, uh, into a negative calorie ex- uh, deficit in a super high protein diet. And I would try to just build muscle and be like, hey, man, you're going to be able to defend yourself and feel a lot better if we can get your body mass up. And, you know, let's say we get him down to 20% body fat, he's going to feel much better and much stronger throughout that entire race. So I just don't know if uh, the wear and tear and the pounding of that excess weight would be even worth something that I don't even want to get into. Well, I know what you're saying, but the common thought, like for people
2: just getting into fitness and movement. Yeah. Oh, and my sister did this. Sign up for a half marathon. Yeah. Force me into running and training. Stop it. Lift weights. Um, but that, that's just the common thing is to create this goal to force me into
1: well, people, action. Well, uh, people have this, um, I mean, that that was what was really interesting about CrossFit. Uh, before CrossFit, how did people that were no longer playing college sports or people like, uh, you know, what was something that they could train for? And it was always like a marathon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oprah or, did it. Or, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, Al Roger did it too. Uh, the other one is, uh, um, you know, the next one because everybody's seen, you know, the Ironman from Hawaii and... You know, watch these guys and, you know, there they are running through the mountain or running through the hills of Hawaii and, you know, 26 miles. But uh, I don't know if that's really the marker for performance for most people. I think um, I think basically lifting some weights, feeling pretty healthy and getting your body fat into a measurable amount should be a better goal. So uh, if he wants to do a triathlon, I just like if he was my client, I'd be like, why don't we get over this hill next? And once we get over that hill, then let's look at this. But I, there, uh, something's rotten here.
2: Yeah, I see where he's coming from, and there are hills to climb that are more within a, a power athlete perspective. Like the Spartan races, mm-hmm. different skills, still a sense of accomplishment at the end of it. Not everyone completes it. You get your medal, and it's sprint, it's skill challenge, it's climb, it's crawl, and hell, man, you can loop in a team aspect of it. I'd put that before the pounding and the grinding of the triathlon training is what I mean, not the specific race, but there's something deeper here. I I concur with you, John, and I feel there's a better way, my friend. I'm not poo-pooing your goal right now, fucking crush it, but then let's look to something else following this accomplishment once you are down to I'll call it a playing weight that we can really work with to get more, uh, body mass biomarkers for your long-term health. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. That was my first thing. When I read this too, I was like, it kind of sounds like he's recreationally doing Ironmans, which I don't know if that's a thing, um, but he kind of it's, just wants it's to
2: popular. It's very popular. Yeah,
0: And it's like, he almost just wants to say like, Oh, I accomplished this, which is awesome. It's something I probably will never do. I ran one marathon in my life and it was a, a game time decision at that split where it says 13.1 this way, 26.2 that way, and I decided I felt really good. Um, anyways, that's for another another conversation. Uh, but agreed, it's like why are, why did you choose an Ironman? You know, there's so many other performance metrics we can look at, um, or trail runs, you know, Spartan races that you can do that'd probably be better suited. To what it sounds like his goals are you know being lifting weights um leaning out maintaining muscle mass i think that that would make him feel more successful at the end
3: yeah i'm also curious as to you know what what is the slinging weights around mm-hmm. what's that look like you know like almost if he's on some sort of power athlete program i would almost think that grindstone would probably be a better place for him get a couple of uh a couple of good weightlifting days in upper body, lower body, and then do your triathlon training and and don't maybe don't sling weights five days a week. Mm -hmm. Um, just because, you know, that's just so much activity at some point, uh, depending on his age, he's, I mean, his body's going to have to rebel and break down, Mm -hmm. especially if not properly fueled.
0: Right. And if he has that time too, instead of, strength training maybe he's focusing on like really good shoulder mobility and shoulder health for like the swim and hip mobility and just feeling really good and then his pe- performance on those training days and um you know on the bike swim and run he will feel better in my you know so what i would do suggest
2: <laughs> nutrition wise sticking okay. with our theme here okay. well we're ranting on goals in big picture. Uh, we've, we've locked in protein and previous episodes, we talked about the importance of a bathroom scale. So not like the in-body measurement, how can he utilize that bathroom scale as a tool to make sure that the proteins dialed carbs are dialed. And then this is a question for you, John, what's the barometer of his training? Should he tap into sleep or times or feel? To ensure that his goal of nutrition is is accomplished here
1: well I, I mean first place I always start is uh, food quality I'm like what are you eating um, if we can start there and you're eating a, a you know high quality diet high protein animal-based proteins and then you're backfilling with uh, with carbs and and um, you know mono and saturated fat, uh, mono and saturated and saturated fats I think we're pretty far ahead um, years ago when, the uh, you know, when Rob and I started talking about the paleo diet, it made a ton of sense to me, uh, not from the, like, you know, 40,000 years ago, this is how our ancestors ate, but more for more from like a nutrient density, like, uh, you know, high quality foods, nutrient dense foods, um, you know, foods that aren't going to cause, you know, uh, gut irritation and, you know, a ton of problems down the road. So I think if we can just put them on a more nutrient dense diet, like something like, the paleo diet. And I'll tell you the thing that fucking was the death of the paleo, uh, deal wasn't the food. It was the fucking weirdos. It was, Uh, I'm trying to remember what's the paleo deal that was in Austin, uh, paleo FX. (laughs) So all of a sudden, you know, they got fucking fire jugglers and you know, everybody that's got any type of fucking something they're trying to hustle is out there. And it's just like, it, it became, uh, like literally paleo jumped the shark before CrossFit jumped the shark. And, like, as I was watching this thing, I'm like, dude, like, it makes a ton of sense, uh, you know, like, in, not from an evolutionary standpoint as much, but just from the idea of, like, nutrient density, it makes a ton of sense. And uh, in the problem is, is that paleo got kind of mixed up in, like, the magic, where all of a sudden people started talking about magic. And next thing you know, these magic oh, foods. Oh, the black box? Yeah, the whole magic food thing. And uh, that was the death of it. But at the end of the day... Um, it makes a ton of sense just from nutrient density. Like that's how people should eat. Like you should eat one ingredient, you know, going back to the old man Zang is saying, you know, nobody got strong eating out of a vending machine. Uh, so eating nutrient dense foods, eating one ingredient, you know, things, you know, on the outside of the, uh, you know, when you walk into the supermarket, if you stay on the outside of the, uh, you know, the supermarket, you avoid all the shit in the middle. You're usually pretty good. So, I mean, there were some really, really solid information in there. So for me, I'd say, hey, you know what? We're going to figure out what the most nutrient-dense diet are. Are you eating a high-protein diet? And then are you monitoring your calories, and are you weighing yourself? So if we know how many calories that you're consuming in a day, we know what your body weight is, and we have a scale, and you're eating a nutrient-dense diet, we know what the training, we start working all these numbers backwards, we can effectively put together an equation that allows them to continue to lose body fat and gain muscle, we would hope. The problem is, is that if you're doing that much aerobic work, Any type of excess muscle that you're trying to gain is just getting fucking burned. Because Mm -hmm. what people forget is muscle is much more expensive to maintain than fat is. So if you're in a situation where you're in a super caloric deficit or you're in starvation and you're not eating a high protein diet, then it's not muscle sparing. Your body's going to fucking give up muscle. That's why when you see people with wasting disease or people give up cancer, they just lose muscle mass like that because the body knows Muscle is extremely expensive to maintain, so let's get rid of it, and I can keep you longer on fat. So your body's pretty sharp. That's why it gives away the muscle quick and holds on to the fat because it can survive longer on fat stores.
3: Yeah, it's. I mean, it's an evolutionary protection, right? I mean, because at the end of the day, this, uh, especially if he's losing, you know, forty-five pounds in training, that's that's almost uh, equivalent to uh, a yo-yo diet, right? Like where he's drastically dropping weight, you know, like your question, texts how how long was this? How long was this process that he went to get to the forty five pounds drop? But somewhere along the way, he was definitely losing muscle mass. Oh, yeah. Um, he had to be. And, and in the end of the day, that is like a yo-yo diet. Uh, you know, when you do go back to trying to gain weight back, it's going to be much easier for you to gain fat. Versus that,
1: that well, well, Rob, just to give you a heads up, if he lost 45 pounds of fat, we'd be listening to his fucking podcast. <laughs> and, and cause the dude would absolutely be fucking shredded. He'd be, yeah. he'd be like, Hey, I just lost 45 pounds of fat and now I'm fucking shredded. Yeah. Uh, and we'd be like, "Wow, this is a great podcast." We just had this dude on who who was doing our training, was following a try. Like, this is how he's eating, lost forty five pounds of fat, and the dude's fucking shredded. So, <laughs> Guar-
3: guaranteed uh, a million followers uh, on Instagram.
1: Yeah. So if he's emailing us, it's because he lost forty five pounds of muscle and looks like a um, like a melted candle. <laughs> So I mean, if 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 you don't like if you're 225 pounds and you lose 45 pounds of fat, I mean, sorry, 45 pounds of of lean body mass, man, it's it's not going to be a good look, especially and in a speedo. Only
0: 125 of it to begin with. Fuck, mm-hmm.
1: yeah.
2: speedo. Is that what triathletes spin in,
3: swim in? Yeah,
1: no, that's what they t- that's what they roll in. They swim in a speedo, then they get on the bike. I mean, you've seen it, and then they run what? in a speedo.
3: I think they have triceps now it, really. that are kind of a like a.
1: Like a like a sausage casing uh, sleeve, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh. pretty much. Like you basically zip, it, it, go,
3: it goes uh, all the way up. But I, I have uh, done a few like uh, like a, triathlons. Did
1: you, did you wear a speedo? Did you wear a speedo?
3: thong, like I an mean, old miles.
1: timey nineteen mean? thirties swimsuit. Remember uh, those things? Yeah, like uh one that looks like a um, like a uh, almost like a painter's outfit, like a painter's jumpsuit. Yeah, but skin tight. Uh, uh, be good. Well, I mean, if you're going to do the try, I mean, uh, like I remember watching like uh, years ago when I was a kid um, on like ABC, they would have like uh, uh, they would do live broadcasts of like uh, uh, the uh, the triathlon in Hawaii, like the Ironman. And I remember like all those dudes just like I remember those guys with like running shoes, a Speedo and just a whole bunch of numbers like drawn on them, you know, because they would like number them when they come out of the water. And these dude's just, like, rolled in a Speedo. And I'm, like, thinking to myself, how the fuck did this guy just ride a bike 100 miles in a Speedo? Like, the amount of chafing, there's no fucking way. But those dudes are pencil skinny. I mean, dude, they're running in, like, Speedos. And, like, their legs aren't touching. So they're not getting yeah. chafing. I'm like, dude, I would have started a forest fire in that thing.
0: Yeah, I'm <laughs>
1: My legs fucking rub together. Yeah, no way. And then the... uh the running, oh, yeah, the nipples, oh, the yeah. nips, <laughs> yeah. So that's why they shirt uh, shirtless, they, yeah, they go shirtless because if not, it basically rubs you know, that's why you got to put uh band aids over your nipples. <laughs> ah, Dude, I was putting tasties that's, sell, that's
3: selling it, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm about to go train for an Ironman now,
0: yeah. Or we come up with a man sports bra and then there's a niche
1: y- you know, out. the man's uh, ear, there's already one of those, um, <laughs> yeah. So there's a a company, like an apparel company in the UK, and I only know this because Harry Hepburn forwarded it to me, where, these, where they had these like, um, so like uh, when I hunt, uh, like uh, when I bow hunt or whatever, I have this like kind of like thing that straps around. It's like a backpack kind of reversed, but it, it has a pouch in the front. You can keep your binoculars in there. So it's real handy if you're like sitting up because there's nothing worse than like, you know, like let's say you're sitting up in a blind or you're sitting in a place or you're kind of creeped down. You can just kind of like unzip, pull the binoculars mm-hmm. out, put them back down and then get to action. Um, but these guys had like a similar looking one, uh, except it was like, (laughs) basically looked like, uh, like a sports bra that they had this pouch on the front that they were like keeping their phones and, you know, so you can fucking Instagram yourself. You can stick it on the front, you know, that way you can, you know, uh, because, you know, the only thing that people need on social media other than pictures of your food is for them to like relive your workouts with you. But this whole thing was set up, and like so, Harry forwarded it to me, and he's like, "Oh, what do you think? You think there's a big market for this?" I'm like, "You mean for men's sports bras? Bros? Yeah." And we were calling them sports bros. Yeah, that's that's the <laughs> yeah. Seinfeld yeah, man's ear. Yeah, the man's ear, yeah. the bro. Yeah, uh-huh. same same deal. Yeah. But I mean, all these dudes were like wearing them, and I'm like, I wonder how they had to convince these dudes, Becky. Like, it, it holds your phone. I got pockets, dude. I don't need a bro. Uh, I guess I got to see these. Well, they
2: probably need pockets. Uh, we'll because put they it in the show only notes. wear. Oh, uh, compression shorts. Well, that's a big thing. This is wouldn't a, wouldn't you
0: rather wear a belt? Like, well, a utility a belt like
1: Batman. No, I'm like 100% a in on fanny pack. I, I like fanny packs. I wear one. Yeah.
0: Uh, leggings don't have pockets.
1: My wife wears a fanny pack every Watchers single day. Don't
0: have pockets.
1: Yeah. My wife wears a fanny pack every day. Uh, But think about this, right? So here's the new new gym thing, which I can't figure out. And the only reason I I first observed it on Charles, I think, is the capri (laughs) pants with the shorts over the top. Dude, that's a basketball thing. That's big time. What, you mean wearing spandex capri pants? Uh Uh-huh. Compression
2: pants and then like gym shorts, basketball shorts. Yeah, that's basketball. That's a basketball thing? Oh, yeah. Look at Mm. the pros. And then they like capri compressions. So they go up half-calf. I'll tell you what's worse, and then it's the the single leg. So you wear, this is what I don't understand, I guess compression for one leg only, but then
1: at what point do they cut off the other sleeve? Is it like mid-thigh? You know why, um, who was the the guy that uh, used to always pull the one-sleeve leg up? Was that LL Cool J? You're asking the wrong guy. Ah, fuck, I can't remember who it is, but like, there's a cultural reference for this. There was a, a rapper or some form of hip hop that used to always pull his calf up or uh, pull the leg up, and they asked him once. He's like, "I, I got a leg up on the competition." That's so, great. like, that, I love it. Yeah. So that that was the kind of whenever I see it. But well, I- for
2: lacrosse, we had you rule was until X amount of date you had to wear your sweats. So some days were hot as all hell. So then we just go calf up on the sweatpants. Yeah, I agree and with you on that. I, I'm not mad I at mean, that. I mean, were you wearing spandex capri pants? No, 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 not the capri sweatpants, well, but I, the
1: sweatpants that had some uh, elastic ankles. Elastic. I I think what it is is, uh, you know, girls train, I mean, pretty much uh, tights, like, uh, like girls that are wearing, like, you know, tights, like my wife wears them to work out, and we go out, and she's still wearing tights. I'm like, this is just like part of the uniform now for girls, I'm not and mad they at... either have capri pants or they go all the way down. I think dudes get jealous and are like, I can't believe these these women get to wear uh, tights all the time. I want to rock tights, but then Fine. one dude went out, and they were like, uh, I don't know, you're gonna have to cover that up a little bit. No, okay. nobody I, wants to see. A I'm bunch not of...
2: mad at the compression pants if I got shorts over it, but then there's
1: dudes that rock compression pants only. So, like, everything's out there. Uh, Paul Carter will post some videos of him just in compression pants. I don't know. I mean, I would definitely have to spill water on him and be like, no pants, bro. Yeah. Uh, I got paid a lot of money to wear white spandex in front of millions of people. And I don't really care to wear fucking compression. I didn't even like wearing that shit when I played. Well, now there's a lot of guys that just do that. They don't get paid a lot of money. Yeah, they don't get... (laughs) (laughs) Like uh, the the old commercial where uh, this guy, where Randy crosses at the bar... And then the lady's like, uh, he's like, yeah, I played in the NFL. And he like, and he she drops something. He bends over, and she's like, oh, you're Randy Cross. He was a center. I don't for, remember that, but it's he, so he funny. Was, he was a center. <laughs> uh, he was a center for the Dallas Cowboys, I believe. Oh, man, I might be fucking up his team, but he was a pretty famous center. So they had a Bud Light commercial with Randy Cross, and he like bends over, and the like, oh, you're Randy Cross, like looking at his ass. That's funny. Yeah, it was funny. So it's because he wears white spandex. Yeah,
2: I th- there was another commercial. It was it must be football season. So, I remember somebody dropping something in line at a store, bending over to pick it up, and this lady gets right up, right up underneath them and starts like calling out, <laughs> Blue 42, Blue 42. But her like hands are in the quarterback position. So then it's like hard stamp, must be football season, Bud Light or something. Yeah. I forget, but marketing. <laughs> so, when do the Power Athlete Compre compression pants
1: come out for Charles today, John? Um,. Uh, I probably when he gets a high and tight, and we get him with a uh, like high a scr- and tight. His bro pone is no, nah, dude. I think we go Skrillex on Charles. Skrillex, but he can't shave his bro pone. Yeah, well, he just shaves one eyebrow, so he's got a, an eyebrow up on the competition, and then we just Skrillex the other okay. head. Do we draw the other one on? LL cool J. <laughs> it was L O Cool J. Yeah, ah. yeah, pulling up. Uh, was it leg up on the competition or leg up on the white man? I don't know. It was it. It was one one of the other. Because that's what I used to say. I'd pull it up and be like, I got a leg up on the white man. Man. Uh, I'm trying to remember. LL Cool J invented some.
2: Fuck. some Dude, phrase. he had
1: oh. some of the best lyrics I've ever fucking heard. He had a line. Uh, there was a song he had called Doing It. And, he, and in the line there, he goes, it was hot sex on a platter. I always remember hearing Because <laughs> I used to play that in Philly. Like, oh. all this LL Cool J. And I remember hot sex on a platter. Who fucking wrote that line? Well, LL, I remember. It's the GOAT. So LL Cool J came
2: up with the acronym GOAT, greatest oh, yeah. of all time. That was Dude,
1: he, I'm telling you, man, like, uh, uh, I mean, dude, his early stuff, he's still fucking great. And then he got fucking shredded, and now he's an actor, and now he has that, like, celebrity l- lip syncing thing. Do you call him an actor? What was that shark movie with LL Cool J? <sighs> no, he's, uh,
2: well,
1: you, or he was in. Ice Cube's hilarious. Uh, no, LL Cool J was in, uh, wasn't he in Any Given Sunday? Oh, that's right, running back. Yeah. Shit, yeah. He's a fucking actor. He was with Al Pacino on film. He's an actor. Oh, I,
2: you're right. You you win that. I just <laughs> what is the name of that shark movie? He ate me. <laughs> he ate me? No, he ate me. That, then there's Chappelle making fun of
1: Samuel L. Jackson in that movie because he got ate by the shark. Oh, fuck. fuck. I don't remember. I'm, I'm I'm totally drawing a blank on this, but I just know L.O. Cool J so he's got mama uh mama said knock you out. I mean, his early stuff was dope, but I just remember he had that song, uh, doing it and in it, he's like hot sex on a platter. And I remember like in Philly, uh, driving, hearing that song and being like, "What did he just say? Did he say hot sex on a platter?" That's uh, fucking great. I'm talking about Deep Blue Sea,
2: and apparently he he wrote a song for the soundtrack, <laughs> Deepest
1: Bluest Shark's Fin. Uh, I don't even want to listen to this. Uh, <laughs> you think that like, the music he's, video, like the money was so good that he was like. Uh, fuck it. I think every actor in that movie <sighs> felt that way. It's kind of like um I I think I've told you guys I uh, I absolutely love the celebrity roasts. You know, where they'll have like uh Comedy Central, yeah. Like the Comedy Central, like yeah. the Comedy Central oh. where they were they roasted Tim uh or uh Justin Bieber, they did Trump, they did uh uh, was it um, David Hasselhoff? Uh, the one guy who made a line on David Hasselhoff. He's like, Hasselhoff, you're such a drunk that uh, the tat or um, what? He say that the the federal government or what? No, what do you say? He goes, alcohol lists you as a dependent on their taxes. <laughs> like he had, like, dude. It's, but uh, it's pretty good. I love those, and uh, uh, they they always have like Snoop on there. And I'm thinking like, Snoop's just out there just, He's like, I got this dope wine that I'm trying to push, man. Let me get my face out there. Yeah, I mean they got Alec Baldwin. Oh, do they kill William Shatner? Uh, They did. And then the best is they had Caitlyn Jenner on there, and they killed her. It was great. (laughs) She's running for governor. Good for her. Uh, I think it's hilarious that uh, um, because she's conservative, but she's trans. So how do people vote against that? They, you know, like it's a weird one. I don't know. We shall see. Idiocracy. Matthew
2: McConaughey is also running for Texas, Governor. I think he's
1: going to win. Oh, I know. yeah, because that official? uh what? they're putting it official? out there. Well, I also heard, heard that the, it here first, guys. Or, or, I also heard that the rock they uh, he said that if the people wanted him, he would run for president. He is the people's champion. He's well, he has vote. the people's eye <laughs> uh, like could the i mean uh, like the rock's charismatic, at least he could get up and deliver a good speech.
0: Yeah. And he'd look good doing it. Yeah, he looks Sorry, great.
1: Connor. Guy's fucking jacked. And,
3: and he would look more manly than Putin, right? Here's, so I mean, uh, we've, got, we've got to get that. Well, <laughs> on,
1: on a horse?
3: Well, maybe not on a horse, but but on the back of like a uh, a moving truck, holding on to a helicopter.
1: <laughs> Man, uh, but here, here's the thing: his timing is really good. Like The Rock's got a really good sense of timing and a good sense of humor. Uh, every Joke that Biden tries to make comes out really awkward. Did you hear the one like he was on like a deal and he was talking about like uh, something with like the Cherokee Nation and he was saying like asking these people to like let his wife come home? Like he just like I think his sense of humor is terrible timing. Like I think you got to have somebody as a president who's got really good sense of timing and like a good, you know, like, uh, uh like we, t- we were talking about Ronald Reagan had, you know, great actor, uh, incredible sense of timing, really good ability to deliver a good speech. Um, I think you've at, at at this juncture, fucking juncture in social media and whatever. You need somebody that can get up and deliver a really good speech.
2: Well, here's why I'm out on McConaughey, out on the rock. If they are in office, they're going to be too damn busy to entertain us with movies. McConaughey well, uh, and both of these actors have found their niche. McConaughey's back from
1: the the uh, the romantic comedy. He's, he was he was great in rom coms. I, I like, I mean, I've seen what is it, The Wedding Planner and, and all that stuff? Ghost of Girlfriends Past. Yeah. He, and uh, 10 others. How, how to Lose a Girl in I 10 Days. In 10 or, days. yeah, Lose a Guy in 10 Days. We could keep going, but we're not. <sighs> well, you know, his greatest work is still Days and Confused. I mean, it's good, but I don't know his greatest. That, what would be greater than him? Uh, uh, A Ra- true
2: detective, his return. What about to Rain Glory? of Fire, where he played that dude? Fucking awesome. Yeah. I'm all in on that. We have to do that movie review okay. for Friday. Yeah, Friday, Rain of Fire. Damn. I saw that in theaters. Great. Um, but no, McConaughey in The Rock, no way we can lose that dude for four years. Because look, my example, my argument is The Governator. We lost The Governator. Arnold Schwarzenegger stopped making movies after T3 ran for office.
1: I don't know how he did in California. I was not even paying Uh, attention. I voted for him. Um, His policy was a little all over the map, but um, I I think he did a much better job than Gavin Newsom. But I'll I'll be surprised in this uh, because they're going to recall Gavin Newsom. Um, I'm totally forgetting the name of the the mayor from San Diego. He's got a a, a pretty good following. Caitlyn Jenner throwing her name in in the ring is an interesting one. So... Um, I just saw the other day, though, that California is going to lose a congressional seat for the first time in, oh, wow. in like in history. That the population of California is down enough to actually lose a, a uh, congressional seat. I mean, that's pretty big. Yeah, that is big.
3: Does that mean Texas is going to gain one since they're all coming here? Ah, fuck.
2: Um, I, think I mean, people... I don't know how they split the counties. I don't really...
1: I should look into this. What you mean in Texas? Yeah, is it cuz oh, they have to create a it, new county to represent, really, right? No, no. So so what they do is they look at like the uh, the total amount of people and then I forgot there's like but, some see yeah, yeah, some restructuring so and some gerrymandering and all that.
2: So then Austin or Austin or one of the big cities would probably gain a district, Yeah, right? we'll
1: gain a district in it, yeah. So uh, uh, I, you, you know what? Um, uh, I've never been very impressed with Roger Williams as 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 you remember when we voted. Uh, I did not. I've, I've never really liked any of his stuff, and the fact that he's had his eyes done, he's had plastic surgery, so he always looks like he's like looking around, real nervous, like everything's shocked. And the you know, and his biggest claim to fame, he has like thousands a pair of custom boots. I'm like, so this dude's had uh, his eyes done, and he's got custom boots. I'm like, this is the best thing we got for our congressman. He's never sponsored anything. No, I met him. I toured his office. I mean, he, uh, my dad and I went around with
2: um, one of his. Pages or whatever the hell they call it for a tour of the capital. Yeah. Uh, nice guy. DCU yeah. guy. Uh, bottom line is Terminator three came out in two thousand three and I had to wait sixteen years until Arnold star Arnold starred in Terminator Dark Fate. Mm. I don't want to wait sixteen years for another rock movie.
1: That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's got Hobbs and Shaw one through nine to do or two through nine to do. So- it's called a saga, John. <laughs>
2: Oh, God. Yeah, and he's not done playing a coach. Like, did you watch ballers? I know you didn't. The closest thing I came to an NFL is watching or hanging out with John and watching ballers. So I don't want to lose that ex-athlete swagger that
1: The Rock has. His suits were great in ballers. Everything. I I did not watch it, but uh, whenever I saw any of the clips, his suits were impeccable. Lots of of plaid, lots of ill-fitting suits. It was great. Oh, and, I mean, those strong arms, he's the only person
2: to lift up the watches that he would wear on oh, that yeah. show. And <laughs> he, then Denzel's yeah. Washington's son played an awesome uh, awesome athlete, like current NFL star, because yeah. he he was on practice squad for a little bit, but then uh, now he's making it as like a real-time actor. Oh, he's been doing it. oh yeah, I like ballers, that's all I'm saying,
1: guys. Nice, <laughs> well cool. All right, well we went off on a tangent, as is tradition here at as Power Athlete tradition. Radio. So thanks guys for tuning in to another episode of Power Athlete Radio, and if you guys need more help, And you got more questions, hit us on the hotline, 929-464-4640. You can also drop emails to nutrition at PowerAthleteHQ if you want to connect with Rob and Sam. Uh, We have a a tab on PowerAthleteHQ.com for nutrition. Reach on out. We do performance protocols. We sell a ton of, of, uh, you know, pre-done protocols. If you guys need some help and if you need some coaching, reach out. We're here for you. Yeah, and Caleb, if you made
2: it this far into the episode and we didn't lose you, we asked you a lot of questions. We needed more go ahead and email our nutrition team and let's get you rocking and rolling to kick ass in this endeavor and beyond. Sounds good. All right. Bye. Thanks, ninjas. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye.
0: Now it's time for you to empower your performance. Head to powerathletehq.com backslash training to choose from a number of programs to meet your specific performance goals. And if you like to break a mental sweat too, visit academy.powerathletehq.com and become a real stakeholder in you or your athlete's success. Until next time, bye!